and welcome to Grind Forever, the PNB Podcast Network's bi-weekly RPG discussion podcast. I am your host, Dylan Tierney, joined by, we can call you now, like, frequent contributor, I'd say. Brendan. Brendan, let hello. me say hello. It's me. It's it's Brendan, again. Now, normally, I like to space guests out and keep things kind of um, a bit more parsed when it comes to who, who comes on, get some different voices and stuff. But honestly, Brendan, uh, you have more of a varied taste in uh, RPGs than a lot of people I know. So I figured that this would be a good one to get to because uh, this is Final Fantasy XII. And Final Fantasy XII is a bit of an oddball in the Final Fantasy series. It's not as uh, derided as the likes of Final Fantasy VIII or, I don't know, like Final Fantasy II if people care. But it doesn't really get the high highs as much. You know, people aren't aren't championing it too too much. Um, and we'll get into a little bit of why that is why, why that's the case. Where this this was the start of modern day Square Enix uh, sort of work poli- or not work policies, but just like their practices and how long they take to make stuff. Um, yes. But yeah, I have Brendan on. You know, uh, the only thing that really got me to get Brendan on this episode, other than that, I know he's great at this kind of thing based on our previous episodes, is that. Oh, he's playing the game on the Switch. Okay, that means he—that <laughs> means he's—he's he's probably played it before and he's playing through it again. Yes. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm glad my my guess was spot on. But no. Um. And we've covered a couple Final Fantasies in the past here at Grind Forever. Uh, yes. Notably, I, I believe six and seven and nine. Um. But kind of skipping around and going through twelve, I thought was very pertinent with the release of the Zodiac Age on Switch. Um, and I believe Xbox One as well. Yes. All the Final so Fantasies are starting to get permeated through all the consoles. I think this is something that people aren't really talking about that much. But hey, I think it's cool that you know all these games are hitting all these different platforms, and you know, like you can you can play Final Fantasy XII not on a PS2. The way, yeah, that, I, like probably the better way. Uh, yes, for for a lot of reasons. We'll right. get to that. Right. Um. So from the top, Final Fantasy XII. Uh. Sort yeah. of paint a picture of what this world is kind of about what what final fantasy 12 is kind of about so final fantasy 12 i mean you touched on it before it's a strange game it's not just a strange game in the final fantasy uh lineage it's just a strange game period but um i guess in terms of within the game the game is set in ivalice which is the same setting for Uh, All the Final Fantasy Tactics games and uh, Vagrant Story. So um, Mm -hmm. if you play those games, there's going to be a certain look, sound, maybe a certain design philosophy behind a lot of that. Uh, I actually, so I I don't think we've talked about Final Fantasy very much on here, other than maybe we touched on it a little bit in um, the Dragon Quest 11 episode mm-hmm. where I I'm pretty sure I put my line in the sand as saying I prefer Dragon Quest to right. to Final Fantasy and um, this is Final Fantasy 12 is probably one of the exceptions it's I, I would um, say gameplay wise it's my favorite Final Fantasy story wise maybe not so much but uh, it's the Final Fantasy I've gone back to the most and uh, the one that I just I don't know it's just something about it I mean, there's a lot of things that I can say is that I really like about it a lot, but it's just um, uh, I, I like how weird it is, but I also like the fact that it's set in Ivalice. 
And I, I, I mean, Final Fantasy Tactics is probably my favorite Final Fantasy game, but I don't often count it when I'm numbering, you know, my top five Final Fantasies or whatever, because it is kind of a spinoff. Um, and so, but anyway, the, the world in Final Fantasy Tactics and in 12 is probably, it's in my, in my opinion, the most well-realized of all the Final Fantasy settings, maybe with the sole mm. exception of Final Fantasy VII. Um, and so because of that, because of that really strong sense of place, and there's just, you know, it, it, has, okay, so it has a really strong sense of place, and it's just a really big world in general because of how the game's uh, set up. Uh, I just really like being there. I, I know a lot of times I talk about um, on these podcasts, I like games where I feel like it's a place. And mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite thing about Final Fantasy XII. If there's anything that we can say that Final Fantasy XII does better, in my opinion, than any other Final Fantasy, it's that it's got a really strong sense of place. Now, with its sense of place, like does it does it forego a sort of traditional town, sort of big city, wilderness kind of structure of older Final Fantasies, or even the likes of your sevens and tens? Uh, like, like how? Not... How is it laid out? Because like, uh, in my eye, in my head, I'm sort of picturing what the sort like t- what today's games take from Twelve is the Xenoblade Chronicles of the world. Um, they sort of carry the torch of those games. So, like, are you sort of gated from entry from a lot of these places, or is it like if you just show up here and the enemies will fight you, or you just get messed up? <laughs> it's uh, so if I mean if you played maybe something like Xenoblade Chronicles, those games wouldn't exist without Final Fantasy XII. This is this started the whole single-player MMO in mainstream JRPGs. I, I mean, from from my perspective, it did, at least. I, I didn't play... Maybe something like Dot .hack is, is more akin to that, but Final Fantasy XII is... It's just basically an open world, and you can kind of go and do whatever you want. There are some gating... There is some gating throughout um, parts of it, but I mean, the most the previous game in the series was ten, and right. uh, ten was extremely linear. Um, and actually, I I just played ten on the Switch as well. So going from ten to twelve, it's it's it might as well be two different di- uh, series of games. Like, um, you know, t- ten was such a departure from the rest of the series, and it, that twelve might have been kind of an overcorrection folded in a lot of the, you know, it, it took the MMO structure of 11, boiled it down, watered it down in in the right ways, and added in some of the classic Final Fantasy elements and Final Fantasy Tactics elements. So now you have this kind of, we're going to say it a lot, it's just this weird game where it's basically an, <laughs> an MMO, but it plays faster than an MMO, and there's not as much to do, but because there's not as much to do, the stuff that there is that is there to do is better and more focused than, uh, you know, playing like 18 or, you know, hundreds of hours of Final Fantasy XI. Right, right. It, it's um, it's it's so weird I, how they kind of yeah. came to Final Fantasy XII. Like, eleven, eleven was huge. I don't think people really talk about eleven that much because. The uh, 14 kind of exists in these days, and 14 is yeah. also experiencing a huge swell of support. Um, but 11 was huge. That being said, it was a different time in a different place. You know, this it, Final Fantasy 11 was in like the early 2000s, so 
internet I don't think was as ubiquitous and especially on consoles like you know they didn't have it on Xbox so most people didn't really have a lot of internet connected consoles I think you know 11 being the sort of like they just went whole hog into MMOs uh, was a bit divisive at the time so them going back to this is like a quote unquote traditional single player Final Fantasy but with the caveat that there's some like weird MMO-ish elements I think it's just right. it's it's it is an odd duck, uh, in yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, eleven is cool. I played a lot of eleven, um, and I have fondness for Final Fantasy eleven. But uh, it's that was a traditional MMO in the vein of something like EverQuest, and it came out just just right before World of Warcraft hit and blew everything out of the water in exactly. terms of the MMO genre. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, Eleven is this weird. It was this weird artifact, even at its time, of an old, of old MMO design. So I don't. Yeah, it doesn't really. It didn't really get the recognition that maybe it deserved had it come out, even, you know, a year before, or, or a couple of years prior to World of Warcraft. But yeah. Right. Right. And then. Like uh, I obviously, you know, a company like Square Enix, especially at the time, you know, they had, they had pretty. Well, actually, I don't know, because I was Spirits Within, like, after 10, or was uh, that... Because that was... Cause Final Fantasy 10, they still had... It was just Squaresoft, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Final Fantasy 10 and... Well, they were certainly within... They were within the same window. It, it had to be, because I'm just trying to think of, like, how how a company as big as Square Enix gets this weird, and it's just because it was such a tumultuous time, like... They had yeah. to they had to bring Enix along to try and help bolster the product overall because Enix exactly. you know had a lot more cachet in Japan, um, so I was gonna say that oh I guess there's just multiple teams you know one's clattering away at Final Fantasy XI while twelve is being worked on but in all, all honesty that might not have been the case I don't think that uh, at the time they had that many resources because Final Fantasy Spirits Within almost bankrupted the company. I mean I think I think Final Fantasy twelve. If it didn't, it wasn't concurrent with ten, but it started shortly after. So I mean, there were there was a time where ten, eleven, and twelve were all being at least talked about. Oh man, at Square, um, and that's part of why Final Fantasy twelve is so it's it's just fucking weird, and we haven't even really gotten <laughs> to it. Like we might as well just get. So I mean, it's it's set in Evilise. You follow the. Um, He's not even the protagonist. So you follow this character named Vaughn, and he's presented as if he's the protagonist, but he's mm-hmm. not. He is basically the surrogate for the player uh, who experiences the story as this kind of tag-along to arguably the um, real protagonists, which are uh, Princess Ash, and I can't say her full name. It's something about... Uh, 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 Matsuno, who who started um, Yasumi Matsuno, who wrote the the story, and he was director for a while. But after the uh, realities of crushing development uh, <laughs> uh, timetables, he uh, had a mental breakdown and left the company, and hasn't made a game since. I don't <sighs> think. Uh, so um, he he wrote the story for Ash and Captain Bosch von Ronsenberg of Dalmaska, which is a meme. Uh, if anyone knows the, uh, 
uh, Mega 64 video where they're running around saying that I'm Captain Bash from Damasca. Uh, that's where that comes from. It comes from Final Fantasy 12. God, that's where that comes um, from? Because I've, I've heard yes. people say that not even in reference to fucking Final Fantasy. That's funny. Yeah, it's it's, it's an early it's an early thing in um, in Final Fantasy Twelve where you have to run <laughs> around the city telling people you're Captain Bash. But anyway, um, so they are they're arguably the two main protagonists. But you're playing as Vaughn, and so when you're in the towns and in the cities, you're walking around as Vaughn. But out out in the wilderness, you basically take control of any of the other party members, who include Vaughn's girlfriend Pinello. Um, and then um, Bosch and Ash, and then the uh, my favorite character and many other favorite people's favorite character, um, Balthier, the um, sky pirate, who's basically just Han Solo, and his uh, his sidekick uh, Fron, the very scantily clad uh, bunny lady, which are they're known as Viera in the world of Final Fantasy XII. I see. Yes, so basically, um, I'm t- so to summarize the story, because everything in Ivalice, every story in Ivalice, I don't know why, they're heavily influenced by real world and uh, wars and uh, empires and that sort of thing, and so they're all very political, they're all very confusing, lots of backstabbing, double-crossing, lots of subterfuge, uh, there's always, you know kingdoms fighting with this empire but they're also allied with another kingdom who has an evil you know uh, church in it that's trying to take over the world it's all very convoluted and annoying to someone who i've played this game through to completion four times or i'm working on my fourth i should say uh, and I still, like, I don't sometimes don't, I just gloss over when all these names are happening, all these different kingdoms and whatnot. Uh, this game is Star Wars. The story right. of this game is Star Wars. So a kid, an orphan who lives in a sandy desert town, gets swept up in a uh, giant um, war between empires and resistance fighters and all this stuff. Uh Balthier's Han Solo, Fran is like sexy Chewbacca, um, <laughs> and then and then Bosch is kind of like the real Luke Skywalker, like he's the chosen one who's coming to save everyone, sort of, kind of. Um, Vaughn, who people make you think is the Luke Skywalker. He's yes, I mean he's. There's literally a point. There's points throughout the whole story where like characters will look at Vaughn and just be like, so I mean like, why are you here? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> And he won't, he won't have an answer. He'll just be like, uh... I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, just hanging out. He's, he's one of the few characters, though, that has any sort of arc, because by the end of it, he's, he's discovered what he wants to be. And really, I mean, he wants to be a sky pirate, so that's kind of why he joins up, is he idolizes uh, Balthier and wants to be like him. But, like, when you get into the, the meat of, okay, we're gonna, you know, Ash is this royal princess and she's gonna come and muster up a resistance and we're gonna take the fight to the empire and there's a magical you know uh, device that's gonna save everyone and everything mm-hmm. um, that that stuff gets annoying or not annoying I should say that stuff gets really um, like there's a lot of just crisscrossing convoluted 
plot lines and stuff. And then there's just Vaughn, who you're su supposedly playing as, uh, doing f nothing. Fuck so all. <laughs> it's really weird. And so that's when I said earlier that I, this game isn't my favorite Final Fantasy story. That uh, I mean, unquestionably, I would say that's Final Fantasy IX for me. Um, mm. But twelve is is good. It's fine, and the characters are fun. Um, and if you like Star Wars, you'll probably like most of what happens in this in this game. But it, it gets confusing and weird, and and that's kind of where it. I think that's its downfall. It's if it's, there's one thing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say if there's one thing that um, that maybe held Final Fantasy XII back from being one of the like best objectively best Final Fantasy games is that there are too many cooks in the kitchen and um, and you can see that in the game yeah that's definitely and that is a consequence of it having such a long and arduous uh, development cycle in you know I know oh five years is isn't that crazy well I mean it kind of was back then I know back you then know it was for sure yeah the, the likes of your Final Fantasy 15s have sort of blown that up to ridiculous proportions but I it still it was noted how many times this was delayed you know this came out after the PS3 was out you know and yeah and and like PS3 backwards compatibility was a on again off again thing for those first few months and like between that and like God of War 2 you know like a lot of these games still had a lot of like uh, presence in the early PS3 life but it was just weird to me. It came out like a week after PS3 or something. It was very soon after. Yeah, it was super soon. Or it was like maybe just slightly before or something. But everyone knew it was like... It was almost like the... Um, trying to think of another example. I mean, Super Metroid was really late in in the Super Nintendo's life. I mean, you could say like Donkey Kong Country 3 or like sure, Paper Mario yeah, exactly. 1. Exactly. But I mean, those games are... <laughs> I mean, I love Final Fantasy XII, but those games are probably objectively more uh, important. Realized. Um, in, in the in the broader scope of things, uh, Final Fantasy XII is important, but in really subtle ways. Um, it's funny that you were bringing but, up uh, all the Star Wars uh, the weird thing about allegories, because I would yes. say that Final Fantasy IV was the one I would say is the most Star Wars-y up until then, because like sure. you're literally going to a moon... You're going to the moon. That's not actually the moon. Fighting this like Force Ghost Emperor as, and you're you're kind of Darth Vader going back to the light side if you think about it. Uh, you know, here's I guess and I guess your, you know your tr trusted ally just betrays you like three times, and I, I guess like some of the Star Wars parallels sort of end there. But that for think, me, especially all the stuff with Zeromus and Zemus, that's right, very yes. Star Wars to me. Well, I mean, and then I yeah, a hundred percent. I totally. Uh, agree with that. In fact, I would say that four probably is more Star Wars than twelve, but twelve in its presentation of its story is absolutely Star Wars. I mean, there's just things that there's shots in the cinematics where it's like you're just that's just Han Solo and Chewbacca sitting down at this, <laughs> like, and then they're and, and they're being pursued by the you know the Empire's soldiers, and they take off from a spaceport and or I guess a, a skyship port, and then they. You know, there's a city in the sky where a guy is like playing both sides. Like, it's just, it's totally just Star Wars. And uh, there are lines that sound like Star Wars, and there's music in this game that sounds like Star Wars. And the final cinematic is this big battle with airships that look like Star Wars airships, and it's, it's just Star Wars. It's so, it, it's hmm. so obvious about it. 
And I love Star Wars, so I'm fine with it. But I think a lot of people thought, um, I think at the initially a lot of people were really disappointed with how this game's story was. It's a Final Fantasy Tactics story. It, it's it's all about warring kingdoms and that sort of thing, and that's the point. It's and it's an ensemble cast. It's not about these characters going on this like, you know, this really. Uh, deep personal journey. I mean, Vaughn's mm-hmm. there because he doesn't even know why the hell he's there. Like, there are characters that are just kind of there, and <laughs> and you don't you don't have that. I can't think of another Final Fantasy game where I can be like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but like, what did the characters even do? Like, just, just every single other character I can think of um, has something, and there's no character moments in this. In fact, some of the most important character moments are relegated to three characters who are are your they're the guest party members who they kind of come and go and you can level them up and you can even control them in the new switch and uh, ps4 three uh xbox one versions and pc version you can control these characters and and um assign their gambits and whatever but like they're not really mainstay party members so it's really weird it's really really weird so, um, who is who would say like you? You've brought up how a lot of this cast is. Oh, this guy's sort of Han Solo, and this is like yeah, mm-hmm. this Chewbacca allegory. Like, well, I mean, you're you're a big fan of Star Wars, so you said that uh, the Han, I forget who his name what his name was, but the Han Solo type. He's oh, yeah. the guy Balthier, who spoke to you. Yeah. Balthier speaks to you the most out of all. Yeah, I mean, he's he he talks about himself as if he's the. As if he's the main character, as if he's the leading man. He calls himself the leading man. He, <laughs> um, you know, he's he's sassy and uh, sarcastic, but he's also he's 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 the the lovable scoundrel, just like Han Solo. Um, mm. And he always is quoting like plays and and poetry and, but not being like edge lord about it. Like he's being, you know, kind of kind of just this flamboyant theater loving sky pirate with a bunny lady sidekick maybe girlfriend they never really address that um though he does make comments about how she doesn't like being tied up so there's that. <laughs> oh, um, that's funny yeah he's he's definitely my favorite um and i finally on my most recent playthrough figured out a good build for him and he's He's actually a worthwhile party member because the tragedy is before he was almost always just the weakest, most useless dude in my party. Oh, put that's Kanji syndrome for Persona 4 for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. God. So you said you found a good build for him. What mm-hmm. is the sort of central mechanic of, of gameplay in this? Uh, I, I know you're, the likes of Final Fantasy X had, had grid systems and stuff like that. What is mm-hmm. 12's, uh, what is 12's thing? So 12, the orig- originally Final Fantasy 12 had uh, simply something called the uh, license board, which is basically um, a more straightforward version of the um, the sphere grid from Final Fantasy 10. It's mm-hmm. set up like a giant checkerboard, and you you know moving around and unlocking different uh, uh, abilities or the uh, the license to use certain items or upping your HP or whatever 
That that happens all in this license board. Every monster that you fight, they drop both experience and license points, and you spend mm-hmm. them on the board. And um, and it was fine. In twelve, the original, it worked. You could very easily game it, but you could also very easily wind up with completely useless party members if you weren't careful and planned out your your um, your moves across the license board. And uh, that was a problem. Uh, it made, I mean, for some people, it was literally they would get to a point where they literally couldn't do anything because they had just kind of ruined. I wouldn't say can't do anything because you can always grind out uh, a bunch of stuff. But it's either so at, if you if you botched your your character's development um, early on, it would take a lot of grinding to get to a point to where you had enough to get dig yourself out of that hole. And at a certain point. Everyone is just doing everything. Everyone is a black mage and a tank and a white mage and a dragoon and, you know, every single Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy Mm -hmm. um, uh, class at once. So, you know, there's these really hard swings between overpowered characters and underpowered characters. And then they changed that uh, with the international job system, which is, or the international version, uh, which was... Japan always gets two versions of Final Fantasy releases. They get the base one, and then they get a new one and that has changes and new content and whatever, and that's kind of the one that most most of the times that's the one that comes to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one didn't. This one didn't come to America. Um, uh, and so people in Japan, uh, in this new version, everyone could pick between classes. You could set each character's class between one of 12 classes. So you have six party members. Um, you ended up with six different classes. And they were either, you know, classic Final Fantasy Tactics jobs or they were based off of them. And that made the job system a little bit easier, a little bit better. But it wasn't until the PS4 version where they let you pick two classes. And then, you know, you had even more flexibility. You can come up with even better um, builds and whatnot. But even then, the one thing that you have never been able to do until the Switch version is switch your 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 party's jobs. So huh. once you picked at the beginning, when you when when a when a party member joins your your party for the first time, you set what their main cl- class is. Then later on, when you unlock the ability to pick a second class, you pick the second class, and for every single version, with the exception of the Switch version, and I think the 360 version, or I'm sorry, Xbox One version, I always say that, um, they don't let you switch your job system. So, that's annoying. Weird. Um, But in the Switch version, you can just go talk to one character, and he's like, yeah, uh, I'll just, you can switch whenever you want. So you can, it lets you play around with uh, different party setups a lot more. And so... I mean, I'm just going to say it before we get to the end of it, but, like, that's the version to play. So, because this game is all about its gameplay. It's not Mm -hmm. about its story. So play the Switch version. Let yourself switch your job up and have a good time. That sounds pretty endearing to to what uh, 12 is supposed to be if it's gameplay. The gameplay is kind of the, the cornerstone of it, the touchstone. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's weird because, like, when I remember... Zodiac Age, the sort of enhanced remake you were talking about, was yeah, yeah. was announced for the West. Oh, you can just speed everything up. Like here's times four. You can kind of just mm-hmm. you, you can like cut your grinding down. But like I don't know. Does that 
Does that mean, like, they figured that it was too slow in plotting before? Or is it just um, a way to kind of streamline certain certain uh, like, certain places during the game where you have to grind? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, and it's so weird. Uh, depending on what console you play it on, um, your the way that the uh, fast-forward is presented is different. So in the PS4 version... Uh, you tap the uh, left bumper, the yeah, the left bumper once, and you speed up two times. You tap it twice; it speeds up to five times. Uh, on the PC, I think it's roughly the same, but on the Switch version and on the Xbox One version, you have to set. So you you go into the options, and then you set if the fast forward is two times or four times. Um, so it's kind of adds this hmm. i have no idea why it like there's no there's no reason as to why it's they odd. would do that but it yeah. is very odd um but anyway uh it, there are some times in the game where grinding is absolutely necessary i always really liked grinding in this game um and there was a part of me that felt a little bit odd about having the fast forward on when i first started playing uh the ps4 version i think it was a couple of years ago now um, mm -hmm. And it was like, ah, it feels weird. I don't really like how fast the, the combat moves. The part of the thing I like about uh, Final Fantasy XII, it's, it, it's a very strategic game. Um, it, it plays like a weird hybrid between a, 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 a tactics game and like a real-time strategy game and an MMO. Um, right. And so I didn't like like just fast forwarding through the my favorite part of the game wasn't great. But then I started to really like I got more into it. And on the Switch version, I've been using it a lot. Um, so I think it was them realizing that, hey, uh, there are times in this game where it's a real grind. Now, I don't know why they just didn't rebalance the game and take the grind out. Uh, part of the other reason, too, is the areas in this game are very big. It is... MMO size mm. uh, land masses, <clears throat> so you have to run in a single player game across the you know what might as well be MMO zones. Um, they're a little bit more, I guess, compacted and, and segmented, almost into like uh, like traditional monster hunter uh, areas, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but they're still even bigger than that, and uh, so the fast forwarding helps in that regard of of taking down the. Uh, the travel time, which that if there was anything about the original version, other than the job board thing, that was the other thing that I just I, it takes forever sometimes to walk to and from places. Yeah, but that's gone in this one. So, right, that's what that's part of what the fast forwarding is about. It's just right. the, yeah, he's sort of making that brisk. I, I I get why that would be kind of unnatural for battles, but great for traversal. Um, a lot of these types of games, even even you know your Breath of the Wilds and stuff, that I feel take a bit more influence from these, this game than the people might think. It still yeah. feels like, hey, uh, it, takes kind of, takes, it takes a while to get from place to place. Like I, That was one of my biggest problems with the Xenoblade Chronicles X when I tried to play that back mm -hmm. in like 2015, 2016. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it might have been even 14. 14? Maybe. I'm getting very... I'm starting to get old, man. Uh, <laughs> that Xenoblade Chronicles X is five years ago, but uh, it's just that a lot of... there's. Oh, I'm going to say a lot. Because there's not really a lot of games that try and capture this, this specific kind of RPG. I think the Xenoblade mm -hmm. games are as close as we've gotten uh, yeah, um, to specifically aping that style. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who have a lot of love for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 specifically. 
Um, yes. And I, I do want to give that game a fair shake because that that was like a that was an early Switch game that really ca caught a lot of people off guard for how good it was. Um, a lot of my friend, my personal friends included. So I want to give that a shot, but I also you know like it. Final Fantasy XII is just right there. Like I feel like I could just as easily get into that, and it's so streamlined in a lot of places that I kind of want to give that a whirl before I do that. You know, but I mean. That's uh, that's neither here nor there for how vast my backlog gets. Right, I mean, yeah. God knows I don't need another RPG on my table. I'm still waiting to finish. I I still have to beat Octopath Traveler because I've I've done everything and uh, that leads up to the final boss. You just have to I just have to beat him, and then I'll I feel comfortable getting into Tales of Vesperia, and that's a game I'm I'm gonna cover on this show, uh, hopefully sometime soon. But I've never played a Tales game, so then that, that seems like the one to get. <laughs> yeah, I've never played one either. Although I, it's, I'm glad to hear that you're almost to the point in Octopath Traveler where all the stories start to converge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard some murmurings about how they actually intertwine um, with certain characters. So I'm, I'm eager to get to that stuff because, like, yeah, dude, those post-game dungeons. It's really, it's really cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't. I, I, I say that with, with love. I think uh, Octopath Traveler is, uh, is a really good game, and it was probably. I don't think I'd be playing many of the games that I've talked about on this um, on this show with you if it wasn't for the fact that Octopath Traveler reminded me how much I like JRPGs. Well, fair enough that it's a catalyst to, to find yeah. potentially better stuff out there. But it's, yeah. I don't know, if, like even, even in Octopath, because like, I, I went to that Forest of Purgation with the big uh, dire wolf, and I think people yeah. have told me that's like the hardest boss in the game. and um, Or one of them anyway. Yeah. I think so. you know it probably, probably. I mean, it's just one of those classic JRPG things of like a late game boss that'll just do one fell swoop and like kill everybody. So you have to like build around him, which I'm not su a yes. super huge fan of, but I get it. It's like a post game fight. Uh, it's so, whatever. Like technically, I shouldn't even be here. <laughs> right. Well, and so that's an interesting thing. So, um, you know, something that the Xenoblade Chronicles games do that I uh, infuriates the hell out of me is they put. You know, a level 80 creature in the very starting zone, and it can aggro. You can <laughs> aggro it, right? Um, Final Fantasy 12 has some of that, but most of them are, like, optional. And so it does this thing where it kind of teases you. It's like, yeah, you're fighting these little, like, wolf things and, and like, uh, Tonberry-looking guys, but Ooh. look at this giant T-Rex in the background some point you're going to be able to come back here and just smoke it you're just going to steamroll the thing um and and that's something it's really good at doing um is is setting uh, it, it just keeps if there's if there's some if you like the feeling of seeing a really big monster or running into really hard mobs and being overrun and then coming back and totally wiping them out because you uh you built your party up the right way and uh, upgraded all your gear and stuff this game has tons of that the other thing this game has in like just buckets of is numbers going up and i think mm. that's probably why i like this game so much is because it's all about numbers going up like every like, you're just constantly making incremental progress it's not this that you're leveling up and then you know oh my stats went up and then i'm leveling mm. level it's like every monster you fight drops uh job points and sometimes you're like oh i just need to go like take down two monsters and then i get to unlock this awesome you know set of gear or something and it's, it's really good at at that i think that's probably uh 
just from my personality, that's probably why I like this game so much. It's just there's just constant progression. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so it wouldn't be a Final Fantasy game if I didn't ask, how is the music? Because I believe this is the first core, let's say, mainline Final Fantasy game uh, without Uematsu at the helm. So, okay. Uh, I actually, yes, uh, I think Uematsu did do some stuff for Eleven, but it was uh, primarily done by the Crystal Chronicles composer of all people. Eleven huh. was, but Twelve. Um, so Twelve, uh, in keeping with all Evil Least games we've had so far, uh, the uh, it was uh, the music was primarily composed by uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto, and so if you've heard Final Fantasy Tactics. Advanced 2, Tactics Advanced, uh, Tactics Advanced, Tactics Advanced 2, or Vagrant Story. If you have heard or like any of those songs, so it's, uh, that music, it, that's what 12 sounds like. It's very big, sweeping, orchestral music. Um, a lot of harps. Uh, he really likes to use harps. Um, and kind of this weird looping, like, that goes between, like, really intense uh, moments and then kind of quieter uh, more subdued moments. Yeah, more subdued and subtle moments. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because uh, there's no battle theme in this game. Uh, you're oh. out and you're exploring, but the um, the exploration music sounds like uh, the combat music from a tactics game. So it sounds like you know you're in combat constantly, but it, but like it's like I said, it kind of flows into these more subtler moments that sound more like you know okay we're we're journeying through this this desert or this jungle or whatever um i love the music in this game i think it's probably uh some of the best just jrpg music period um that said it's not very memorable to like if you if i played this music for you you'd probably be like oh yeah i can see how that sounds like final fantasy tactics you know if you played tactics. right right and or you would say like oh yeah okay this sounds like really epic video game music but if i said this is final fantasy music you probably and you hadn't played something like final fantasy tactics you'd be like wow really that doesn't sound anything like that it's, you know, it's not to xanarkand it's not any it's not Aerith's theme there is none of that gotcha so gotcha weird. so it's less it's less like theme music and more just stuff that kind of goes along with the moment or like i wouldn't say uh, exactly ambient noise but Sort of just like no, the, I mean, the typical bombast that you would expect for like going through this world, and I and you brought up that hey, uh, it, there's no battle theme. You know the the, the exploration, the overworld theme, kind of just is the battle theme, kind of leads into yes. it. That's uh, it's that's a cool organic touch that I don't think um, even like a lot of other open world type games do because you know Breath of the Wild has a battle theme. You know like Xenoblade has a specific battle theme, but. I think it's interesting that they they thought so well of, you know, whatever of, of Final Fantasy XII's over overworld overall music that hey, we'll like this is like we'll have it blend sort of seamlessly, and I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean like you know, every single uh, area in the game has a different <laughs> has a different theme, and sometimes that theme will change. Uh, there's actually something of a timing and weather system huh. so some areas have a flood season where it opens up pathways to other places and then a dry season where you might be able to you know traverse through the area easier but you can't you know take the shortcut maybe there's sandstorms in other places and sometimes those changes 
are accompanied by changes to the music. And sometimes it has to do with just, okay, you know, we've hit this point in the story, a thing happens, the nature of this area has changed, so the music is different. Huh. But, um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's kind of like playing an MMO where every area has got slightly different music <laughs> or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. Interesting how that sort of aspect of, oh, this is like a single-player MMO. You know, people would say that. I, I almost thought it was sort of deriding what the game actually was, but it really does sound like that's actually what the game was like, in so, terms of yeah, how it was structured. I would say that it's not as much of a single-player MMO in its combat as much as Xenoblade is. I mean, it is. it does have the auto attacks. It does have a lot of, um, you know, you're programming your your AI companions and you can turn on and off just how much uh, control you give them right so you can basically have what feels like you're playing with a party of two or three other people um, if this was a real MMO but the uh, thing about 12 that's so great uh, combat wise um, is fast it's really fast you fight a monster in a Xenoblade game you're gonna be standing there for at least a couple minutes, maybe longer. And if it's a tough boss enemy, you're going to be there for 10, 20 Too minutes. Long. <laughs> yes. And that is the thing about those games that infuriates me. And I, I think I could probably love that series if, if the enemy design was just a little bit less aggressive. And if their health bars were like, I don't know, 25% like 25% as, as long or or yeah exactly like if they were a quarter as long in fact I I've played um, I played the first uh, the first Xenoblade Chronicles and X not through the whole way but on an emulator with cheats enabled that basically make the monsters a lot uh, a lot less aggressive mm -hmm. and a lot faster to kill and those games are a lot better that way go figure um, in Final Fantasy 12 like the combat's already fast. Like you can take down a monster in like one or two hits, and if everyone is hitting, you know, the the enemy on their own, like it's it's moments. And if you've got um, the fast forward on, even if it's just the two times fast forward, you are mowing through enemies so fast. So mm -hmm. it takes it takes no time to get in and out of combat. Um, and so in that regard, it doesn't really feel like an MMO. Because, I mean, I've played I, I say, I've played 11, I've played 14. I really like 14, has really good MMO combat. It's fast. The cooldowns are fast. You're moving your character around. It's a lot of position-based abilities. The enemies have position-based attacks where you got to get out of the way. I wish 14, or uh, sorry, I wish uh, 12 was maybe a little bit more position-based because mm -hmm. a lot of it, like... You can kind of stand wherever, and if you're next to the enemy, it can hit you. If you're if it, if um, you're too far away, you you can't hit it. So, um, you know, in that regard, it's different than an MMO. But in terms of, you know, you're grinding a lot, you're doing a lot of traveling through a large open world, and your party members are virtually, um, you know you don't have any say over what they do uh, except for i mean you can pause the combat and p go into wait mode and assign uh, actions that way mm -hmm. and there is kind of an atb uh, meter or whatever uh in between every action but other than that like I, it's it's 
It's hard to call this MMO combat, despite the fact that it does have an auto attack. Um, it's it's just weird. <laughs> it's differentiated enough, I guess. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing too, like that, you're not collecting a bunch of of random, you know, uh, items. You know, you're not going out and hunting. Yeah, go kill five of this enemy and then come back to me and I'll give you a reward. The only side quest in this game, and uh, you may you may go, okay, I see why Brendan really likes this game. The only side quests in this game are hunting monsters. They're marks. So you go to a board, you say, hey, uh, what's available? Um, and then you, you get a, a named special monster and you go, you hunt it down. And the, you get gill and items for that that you can trade in to make better equipment or, or or put on better equipment or whatever and go fight another stronger monster so it's there's basically a mini monster hunter game inside of final fantasy 12. A, a mini monster hunter game yeah i mean that, like the side quest in this in in final fantasy 12 is just monster hunter oh wow like, that's what you're doing you're just going through ranks there is a low rank high rank type of deal there's a final big monster fuck like yeah there's <laughs> a whole hunting clan and that is why i love this game dylan like, oh, man. Finally, i buried the lead you really the did you, you... 15 minutes this game is it's got really cool combat it's got this great open world i like some of the characters i think the music and the art design are phenomenal but damn it it's just monster hunter well yeah it had to be that way huh i just had to end up that way that brendan likes Final Fantasy 12 what, because it's monster hunter i'll tell you what i've i i just recently had this conversation with my with my younger brother who's also a big final fantasy fan um and we were talking about uh, the trailer for uh, we're dating this the trailer for the seven remake just dropped uh, last night mm -hmm. uh, the new one for iceborne and uh well for iceborne but also for final fantasy 7 oh um, god yeah yeah and uh, for the remake and so he and i were kind of talking about that and he was asking me how i was liking 12 again and uh he was super s floored and kind of annoyed that the switch version lets you change your jobs but i told <laughs> him the only way that the, i think that the only thing that I would really change about Final Fantasy XII, even the story gripes I have aside, if you could change the way that your characters look by equipping different armor, or even just change the way they look by changing their job, their job class, it would, I think it would be the best Final Fantasy right there, because I need my fashion, my fashion souls slash fashion monster hunter, and, and then that's it. I'd be done. I wouldn't need any other Final Fantasy <laughs> game. That would be it. I think that's the only thing in my mind in terms of just didn't pure mechanics that I think 14 might have over most other and and tactics and stuff is that if you if I can make my characters look different and look cool and unlock different ways to make my characters look cooler and fancier like I'm all over it. Wasn't there a Final Fantasy Monster Hunter on the 3DS? Um Yes, I was just playing it yesterday oh, in fact God. because I was thinking about this. Um it's called Final Fantasy Explorers. It's fine. Uh, but it's, it sounds like it's not what you want out of either. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, it's got all the classic months, or excuse me, final, all the classic Final Fantasy jobs in it. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, you do have all of that. Like, you make new armor, you look different. Uh, every class has its, like, ultimate armor set. So you can look like, you know, the classic Dragoon, which is my personal favorite Final Fantasy class of all time. And then, or the Dark Knight, or Paladin, or whatever. 
but um, it's just kind of shallow. It plays more like maybe like a, a Fantasy Star Online, which is another series I love for a lot of the same reasons I love Monster Hunter, but it's just not as good as any of that. Um, I mean, honestly, I'd rather even just play uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles before I played Explorers. Really? So. Crystal Chronicles? Anyway. Like well, I mean, I like Crystal out? Chronicles. Like the, we the, can, I can... The, the newer one that just came out, like the remake? Uh, the, it's not out yet, but when it is out... Oh, God. I can come on here and we can talk about <laughs> how good Crystal Chronicles is. Sure, why not? Because <laughs> it's a good game, Dylan. You get four people together. I believe anyway, you. Uh, I believe you. And you uh, know what? With the Switch, it's more likely than ever that I can actually get four people And there's going to be online. There's going to be online play where like you don't have to be all tethered up with a bunch of Game Boy advances to your GameCube. Anyway, we should stop talking about this. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy XII is an incredibly good game because there's a Monster Hunter mode in it. Uh, otherwise, it'd be just fine. God, you you really hid that from me from the start. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't know. Okay, so that's the thing. Is like, there's so many weird things about this game. Like the story is is so weird to talk about, and the characters. So like the start with that is kind of. You have to go through so many layers of crap, and then like we didn't even talk about like I mean we said there's five years. The director left halfway through, and a new there's guy so came on there's and, so much like back end I mean, drama with this game specifically in regards to Square yeah. Enix, and I think I think it it's the start of Square Enix being this sort of enigmatic company that just throws money over and over and over at some yep. of their bigger stuff to the to the sort of detriment of others other titles yep. under their umbrella. But I mean, like the the thing is. I look at Final Fantasy XII and I think, oh, that's quaint. A five-year dev cycle, it, and like yeah. it, games, press, and Twitter things. Like the, you know, we didn't notice so many smaller details. So who knows what Square Enix canceled in the in the mid two thousands? Um, I think what happened was Nomura saw that they got twelve or they got uh, five years to make twelve, and he was like, all right, I'm going to take ten years and make nothing. <laughs> so, uh, so that's that's what happened. Is they just set, they set the the board too much for Nomura. It's it's to, so crazy. Just because after this you go into thirteen, which I feel like, they in the end of the day they made a trilogy of Final Fantasy thirteen. That's fine. I think there's things to like yes, about it. I, I'm not I a think huge so fan, but I think there's things to like no. in those games. I mean, I think I think that. I mean, it's such a weird thing because like 12 is so much different than 10 and it's so much different than 13 and it like the bridge from 10 to 13 makes a hell of a lot more sense than 12 does like 12 is this random game that is a mashup of like it's like a mashup of tactics and final fantasy 6 and final fantasy 5 and then it's got a little bit of you know it's got all the mmo stuff from 11 and, but it's none of those games. It's such a weird hodgepodge, it's, for sure. It's such a strange game. And, like, you know, two different directors, and then Square comes in and says, no, you can't make the main, all the characters, like, all the cast, most of the cast was going to be, like, in their mid-30s. Like, they were going to be, huh. like, 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 late 20s, early to mid-30s. The main character was going to be 33. Bosch was supposed to be the main character. And then <laughs> or, uh, Square was like, nah, dude, we, we need you to put a 16-year-old in this. And so he's like, fine, here's, here's Vaughn. Vaughn. He's not going to do a fucking thing. I like that you like, can, God, even back then, it, I, you can see Nomura's spite that he has for yeah. when, when fucking upper management tells him what to do. That is that is just textbook Nomura. Well, that was, well, that was, uh, that was, um, that wasn't Nomura. That was, uh. Uh, what's his name? Uh, 
Minagawa and oh, okay, and, okay. Uh, uh, Yasumi Matsuno. That is almost too perfect. That, that's like that that same kind of thing. Like, oh, you want like you know this this like sixteen year old main character protagonist? Well, he's not going to do anything, and he's not going to have his arc come to fruition for <laughs> most of the game. Yeah, he's going to say, I want to be a sky pirate. And you know how the game ends? Vaughn becomes a sky, a sky pirate. pirate. Yeah. Like, that's that's the big thing. And, um, I mean, 12 is cool because it ties in you know, all the tactics stuff. So if anyone's really into tactics, Final Fantasy 12 is like this weird lore linchpin. But I also hate the lore of Final <laughs> Fantasy 12. And it totally fucks up all of Ivalice and turns it into this weird thing. It's fine. Like, it's still cool. It has all the characters and races of Ivalice I like. There's a lot of cool nods and stuff. And I will say that Akihiko Yoshida is probably the best Final Fantasy artist. And that's why they put him on Final Fantasy 14. Um, so, I mean, and he did, you know, all of this other games I mentioned that were set in Ivalice as well. The art for them. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I could, t- I, I think, if I'm gonna put a bow on the last like five or ten minutes that we've had here, mm-hmm. is that uh, Final Fantasy XII shouldn't exist. The fact <laughs> that it does is kind of incredible, and I love it for what it is. But it's uh, weird. It's really weird. And if people, if people think that it's not a good Final Fantasy game, I can't fault them for it because it doesn't play anything like another final fantasy it is like there are odd for sure it's it's closer to a final fantasy tactics game for obvious reasons i mean the whole development team from or or like core development like leadership for those games is on this game but otherwise it's just not there like it's just it the moogles don't look like moogles and (laughs) like it's like there's none of the classic summons they use zodiac symbol like weird uh, Ivalice summons. It's it's just a weird game. Yeah, that is definitely that is definitely a good pin to put on it. Um, because like I it, it we were talking about a bit of the timetables of the game because we didn't even mention fifteen, which has I think the weirdest the weirdest story of them all. <laughs> like, well, and you know what? I don't think fifteen would have been able to exist if Final Fantasy twelve didn't exist. If it, actually, if anything, fifteen is probably closer to twelve than to any other. Final Fantasy game because of the way its combat works. You have a, a ton of hunts in that game. Like the whole side quest system in in 15 is just a bunch of hunt missions again, huh. uh, and it's got an open world and stuff. Like yeah. I mean, 15 is the is like Square going. Well, are we gonna go? Are we gonna follow the you know the the 13 angle, or are we gonna do something different? And then they went. Well, let's look at. Oh, 12 did this. Maybe we could do that and make it just look like a Nomura game. <laughs> People are like, wow, this is such a weird thing. Final Fantasy is going open world. And every, and then I'm sitting back here like, did y'all not play fucking 12 when it was literally an open world game? Yeah, the areas are kind of like sectioned off, but it's an open world game. You can, you just, I don't know. Oh, I was anyway. too busy with my launch PS3 playing Resistance Fallen Man. Yeah, yeah dude. Had the I blinders mean, I, on. I mean, 12 was was gonna be a ps3 game but they scrapped that and that's why i mean 12 looks incredible for a ps4 or a ps2 game oh for like it doesn't sure. look like it, it doesn't look like it should be one and it those, still looks oh, go good on the switch and stuff it's one of those it's definitely not unlike the shadow of Colo- shadow of the colossus of the world like you are stretching the ps2 for all it's worth you are ringing you are ringing it completely dry uh, and I, I respect games that kind of go for that kind of ambition very late in the console cycle. I mean, you know, like, did, 
the likes of, of Halo 4 on 360 kind of come to mind for just kind of pushing the boundaries of what you think that console can do. Right. Um, yeah. And it's cool to see that now, you know, now that it's getting remade, now that it's getting put on different platforms, you know, Switch isn't like a radical, like, it isn't a super crazy upgrade from the likes of the PS2, if you think about it. Um, no, and, and but there are times like you know you watch like a there's a cinematic or something and you see just like the way that the characters' eyes just move slightly and like there's there's subtleties in the way that they hold their mouth or the way they furrow their brow mm -hmm. and you're like they did that on the PS2 like did I w w maybe you weren't able to see it because the, the textures were mud muddy and uh, you know the there's tons of jaggies and the textures were weird but like. On, I, I just continually look at it and go like, I didn't, I didn't know they could do that, <laughs> like, because huh. they didn't, they didn't make new assets for for uh, the remake, as far as I know. All I'm pretty sure all they did was just uh, up-res the 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 core files um, for this new version to be displayed in high def, and they still look fine. Like, yeah, it doesn't. You're not gonna be blown away by it, but. Um, I mean, uh, it looks good. I mean, it, it's yeah, and and Yoshida's the... art, Yoshida's art is one of those instances where it's like it can get by on its art direction. Like this game has really smart art direction. It's really cool. I mean, it's all inspired by like Persian and uh, like Greco-Roman stuff, and it doesn't, you know, it's not it's not a uh, European medieval world, and it's not a high-tech cyberpunk world or something like that. It's this weird desert tropical. Thing. it's it's weird <laughs> yeah the, yeah i mean yeah i we've said it like 12 times but it, yeah final fantasy 12 weird game definitely a weird one it's really weird um but i think uh do you have any closing thoughts on 12 i mean i know it just came out so there's a lot of like it just came out on a bunch of other systems so there's a lot of avenues to play it but uh, any sort of closing thoughts? Yeah, there's thoughts? a lot of places to play it. I would, I would suggest playing it on the Switch. I think I said that in uh, towards the beginning of this the show because you can, you know, you can change your class and whatnot. Um, and I would say give it a shot if you've never done it before, or if you did play it, uh, if you played it before and you weren't, you were turned off by it, but you've since played maybe Final Fantasy 15 or Xenoblade Chronicles, and you liked those games, go back and see just how much of those games this is. Uh, you might be surprised. And other than that, I would also say that if you don't play it, that's totally fine too, because it's a really fucking weird game. <laughs> so yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Glad to hear it. So uh, we talked a little bit about the music, how it's more like mood setting. It's not quite like you know bombast uh, like themes of seven or four uh -huh. or six. Uh, but is there a song that st sticks out to you the most? Um. So I think, I, uh, hmm, that's really that's a really good question. I think I would say the boss battle theme is the closest thing that it has to a battle theme, and mm -hmm. I really like that. However, it also has really interesting versions of both the uh, Final Fantasy like uh, march in like the 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 core Final Fantasy. Um, music like the theme the theme music and it also mm -hmm. has a really good and interesting take on the victory fanfare so uh maybe i'll make that a se i'll the... make that like a secret sound at the end or something there you go yeah. there you go do that uh and then and then maybe do the um just the the, the boss battle theme gotcha as the, gotcha as the closer uh well brendan you got any plugs you want to get out of the way before i head off 
<clears throat> so, um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brendan underscore LH. Uh, you can find my writing on Lifehacker. Um, uh, I've done stuff for IGN. Uh, so once in a while, I show up on Kotaku, that sort of thing. Um, I do have some other announcements of, of new stuff, new outlets that Ooh. I will be on. I don't know when this goes up. Um, um, I'd say it'll be up in the next couple of days, so if you have anything okay, so, particularly... So uh, maybe if you like hearing what I talk have to say about games and you would like to see me talking a lot more about games... Uh, maybe hit up my Twitter after E3. Ooh, okay. Um, and uh, if if you pay attention to other sites that are doing things and changing or rebooting themselves around E3, maybe you'll be able to guess it before I announce it. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. Love, so, yeah. love the mystery there. I mean, you had me going with bo- yep. the Monster Hunter Final Fantasy XII thing for a while. So I'm so good at burying the lead, man. It's my it, it's my it's going, unsung talent. Are you saying it's going to be your job? Huh? huh? Okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Well, then you can follow this here podcast on Twitter. You follow PNB Network on Twitter. That is at PNB Cast. You can follow myself on Twitter at Tierney. As Brendan just said, catch him on twittercom slash Brendan underscore LH. And uh, if you want to give us a few shekels, a little support, you can always hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash BNB. It's how we got the show to begin with. It's how we got level select and how we're going to get plus ultra radio in the future. That is TBD uh, on some sort of uh, issues going on behind the scenes. But those behind the scenes issues are elaborated upon on Patreon. So it's nothing too major, just some technical issues, really. Um, so, hey, if you want to hit up, you know, if you want to help us uh, a little bit, you know, patreon.com slash BND might be able to might be able to alleviate some of those concerns. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for this week on Grind Forever. For Brendan and myself, have a good one. Bye.